You're listening to Ouija Brats. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, we haven't done a ghost story for a while. I'm so excited to do a ghost story. Are we going to do a ghost story now? Yeah. No, I just told you that to tease you. Yeah, well, that would be you. Be 100% you. I get off on withholding. It's known. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to introduce two parters to this. Yeah, you do. I have no one to blame. Okay. Liz, Liz, I have knock-knock jokes for you, but they don't have anything to do with ghosts. That's okay. Bring them. Knock-knock. Who's there? Touch my. Touch my who? (laughs) Liz, who means vagina? (laughs) (laughs) We are... (laughs) That's it. That's the joke. You're strange. (laughs) You don't have to use it. I don't care. I'm going to tell you about ghosts. I'm going to give a little content warning because I like to do that. There there are stories in here where people self-harm. And I also want to acknowledge that this is one, which I haven't done for a while, that relies heavily on Spooky Spokane by Chet Kasky. I'm really excited because I think by the time this comes out, I'll have gotten to go on another Chet Kasky Haunted Spokane tour. Yes. If all goes well. Yes. Davin, I'm going to tell you about the ghosts of the Davenport Hotel. Liz, I've been waiting for this. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I got chills (laughs) preemptively. (laughs) <laughs> I, I stayed in the Davenport, so I've gotten a little bit of, um, you know, the, the history from their website yeah. and from their books and stuff, just because I was really hoping to see a ghost when I was there. Yeah, I'll give you brief history on the Davenport, okay. because we got to get to the ghosts, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. It was designed <laughs> in 1914 by famous architect. Okay. Kirtland Cutter! <laughs> I was gonna say Frank Lloyd Davenport. Frank Lloyd Davenport! <laughs> Tugboat Davenport! Tugboat Davenport! By Kirtland Cutter, huh? Yeah, good, Kirtland Cutter. Good friend. Good friend, trolley boot E. Corbin Corbin's <laughs> daddy. Kirtland Cutter, who I think is just gonna become. He's never gonna get his own episode. He's just gonna guest star on everybody else's episode, like so much oh, Hollywood yeah. Squares or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he designed it in 1914 under the auspices of Llewellyn Louis Davenport. So Louis Davenport arrived in Spokane the same year as the Great Fire, 1889. And he ran various restaurants. According to Wikipedia, he ran Davenport's Waffle Foundry, which is a great name (laughs) for a waffle restaurant. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's fantastic. A waffle foundry. A waffle foundry. I love it. But according to what I found, he ran a tamale emporium. (laughs) I can't decide which one I like better. (laughs) I want it to be both. I want it to be both. Yeah, he was a restaurant guy, and his family were restaurant people. So the hotel was actually not his idea. He didn't move out here going, I'm going to make a giant hotel and name it after myself. Oh. But the city founders, the ring... Uh, and yes. the businessmen of the era wanted some place to put up their out-of-town guests. And they okay. said, okay, we're going to need somebody to build it, and we're going to need somebody to run it. And they found Cutter, and they found Davenport. They were their first picks, and they got them. And this thing wow. went up. Yeah. The hotel was lovely from the start. Like, they had the best linen, the best china, yeah. the best interior decoration. I'll put up some pictures, because it's just a beautiful space. But Isn't the it gorgeous? such nice pictures of it it was not a sure thing louis died in 1945 
His wife died in 1967, and after that, things went really downhill for the Davenport. Yeah. By 1985, it was closed, and it was actually scheduled for demolition. Oh, wow. They were like, we can get this block of downtown back. If we dynamite it, the whole thing will be gone in 20 seconds. But the problem is, it was full of asbestos. So they were going to have to, if they wanted to strip it and salvage it and do all that, it was going to cost more money. And nobody really got around to doing it. Yeah. In 2000, Walt and Karen Worthy bought it. They paid $6.5 million, which on the one hand is a lot of money, and on the other hand is not for a giant, beautiful old hotel. Gorgeous building. They, yeah, yeah, they put $38 million of their own oh money my. into redoing the Davenport, which is why it's so nice now. Oh Just my. a gorgeous space. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and they keep expanding their brand, too. So they've got other hotels downtown that they've taken over and they say, you know, it's the Davenport this and the Davenport that. So they're not original Davenport spaces, but they're under the Davenport brand. Yeah. And they also have, you know, you, (laughs) when you go in there, we stayed there for Matt's birthday, I think. Um, and they had, uh, peanut brutal on the, on the bed in a bag. It's so good. Like a soft peanut brittle. So delicious. But they were also like, did you like the bed? You can buy one. You can buy a Davenport mattress. You can buy Davenport sheets. You can buy everything. (laughs) They've marketed it so well. I love Mm -hmm. that you can buy their... It's like three grand for their mattress, but you can buy it. Yeah. Listen, if you're the kind of person who impulse buys a bed based on sleeping in a hotel, $3,000 is completely reasonable. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ain't bad at all. I will say, I think it's interesting that the Bruttle that Davenport has is not the original brettle it had when it reopened. And that was, do you remember that like kerfuffle where no. there was a little, there was there a brettle kerfuffle. There was a brettle kerfuffle. There was a little gift shop. If I remember correctly, a little candy shop in the Davenport, they had brettle. It was delicious and they supplied it to the Davenport. And then the Davenport decided they were going to make their own original brettle. And I don't remember if this lady, there was a thing in the paper at the time, but I was also buying a whole lot of brettle. So I got this from the lady who owned the shop. She now has a little independent candy store across the street where she did back when I was living in Spokane, what, like four years ago now. So you can buy brettle from her that was originally supplied to the Davenport, or you can get the Davenport's brettle. They no longer have business dealings together. There's some animosity if i remember correctly i'm gonna need both of them to send me a couple pounds of samples i'm thinking that whichever one wants to advertise with us (laughs) just get at us because i'll eat both (laughs) let me cut to the chase it is lovely and it is haunted as hell yes my two favorite things yes it has everything going for it there are five ghosts I'm going to tell you about. Five? Five. Are you going to tell me about? Oh five. My God. Five, oh my God. five, five ghosts for the price of one, which is zero because <laughs> this podcast is free. Three, my friends. One of the ghosts is actually Louis Davenport himself. No way. Because he used to live in the hotel and he was kind of a micromanager, oh. which I say with affection because I too am a control freak ghost of Louis. <laughs> And if I had a place that beautiful, I too would wake up at three in the morning and go out in the hallway and make sure people were doing things the way I wanted them done. 100%. Yeah. 
I don't know that I would still do it, which is what Louis does. Okay. He died okay. in 45, right? Yeah. You, he still appears to people when they are in the hallways of the Davenport, especially employees. He'll be wearing his pajamas, wearing his gym jams, and oh, wearing his house coat and his slippers, and he'll precious. just kind of stare at you as you go about your business. Oh, precious. Yeah, oh, still micromanaging. Got the sweetest chills ever. <laughs> oh, if you've ever been to the Davenport listeners, you know just how much goddamn carved wood there is there that needs polishing and dusting. So yeah. you kind of need a micromanager there making sure that you're getting in all the little cheruby nooks and crannies. Yeah, it's not minimalist. It was not, not a minimalist a time. Oh, man, Devin, I've been looking at Victorian decor because yeah. of the house. I was like, maybe we can do some, some yeah. something that's inspired, but like, it looks like hoarders. Doesn't it? Everything. They loved cluttery bullshit. Every, I'm going to knit you so many doilies or crochet yes. you so many doilies or whatever. Anti-Macassars. <laughs> what is, oh my God, I always thought it was an anti-massacre. I have never <laughs> heard it said. <laughs> no, Macassar oil was like a thing guys would yeah. put in their hair and then you'd put the anti-Macassar on the chair so that they wouldn't ruin your nice chair. You are kidding me. I had no fucking clue that those were related. How dense am I? You know. I you're not dense. You just read a thing when you were a kid and it got yeah. stored in your brain. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh yep. my goodness. It happens right. to us all. Well, here you that's go. That's ghost I'm number 1. <laughs> making you some anti-massacres for your chairs. <laughs> uh, so Louie, Louie in his little house coat and his slippy slips. That's how he do. He was Good not job. You know what? I'm not going to give him the the personality defamation and talk about the other stuff. Let's just leave it at that. The only thing I like, it. I like actually is he invented, and I'm I'm standing by you, Davenport. I say you invented the crab Louis salad. I like yeah? crab Louis. Yeah, I think it should be everywhere, and it's not super common outside the Northwest. It's like What's kind of it? a composed salad, like a cob salad, except it has crab. And green onions and eggs and what else? Yeah, so it's kind of like a cob salad in that it's got the greens wow. and then, like, different um, amounts of ingredients on top. Okay. But I like it. And it's got sort of a Thousand Islandy type of dressing, sort of okay. creamy Russian-y dressing. It's good. I believe he would do it because he was a restaurant guy. He he had a tamale emporium, goddammit. He had a tamale emporium. He had a, what was it, a waffle empire or whatever A it is. waffle foundry. Waffle foundry. Thank you. <laughs> they just had their little, you know, their big welding masks down, you know, <laughs> sparse flying as they it. make their waffles. Yeah. <laughs> People were Love hard it. as fuck in those days. It was great. Dude, yeah. Ghost number two. Okay. I had to go upstairs when I was researching this and go to my husband and my mother and say, hey, English majors, how do you say this name? Nice. I had never heard of this guy. Okay. But his name is Vachel Lindsay. Vachel? The great American poet. Can you spell he, Vachel for me? It's like Rachel with a V. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He, he lived in the Davenport from 1924 to 1929. He got married in his suite, uh, suite 1129, if you're wow. ever there. He got married. He brought his newborn child home to that room. Mr. Davenport was into it for a while because he was like, oh, we'll have an artist in residence. 
Yeah. This will be great for the hotel's prestige. Yeah. Uh, it turned out to be more like when somebody crashes with you for, like, just till they get on their feet, and then years later, it's still not happening. Oh, um, dude. Because he kind of went off the rails a little. Okay. Um, let me pull up a little bit of his poetry, because I think I sent you some of it. You did. I want you to read it to me. Yeah, here we go. So... First of all, he did a poem about Lincoln, which I thought was very good. It opens, It is portentous and a thing of state that here at midnight in our little town, a mourning figure walks and will not rest. That's good. That's That's very good. Ghostly. Yes, it is. It's very atmospheric. His most famous one is the Congo. Which goes, whirl ye the deadly voodoo rattle, harry the uplands, steal all the cattle, rattle, 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 bing, boom, lay, boom, lay, boom, lay, boom, etc. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling this to my Wait. mom, and she was like, yeah, there's a reason they only quoted two lines of that in Dead Poet Society. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Let me see. Can I find any more of it? The That's amazing. The Congo. Oh, yes. Well, his his deal was that he was like, you should sing it and have rhythm and everything. Um, And it's kind of unfortunate because uh, he thought he was helping black people and African black people with this stuff. Oh, Um, okay. he, He had good intentions, but you know what? Good intentions don't stop you from producing horribly racist poetry. Okay. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm just trying to look through the Congo here to find something other than boom, lay, boom, lay, boom, lay, boom to read to you. No. It's all racist. I can't find anything. (laughs) Oh, dear. It might as well be an old Disney movie. Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm I'm bailing out. I'm pulling the ripcord. I'm getting out of this poem. Boom, lay, boom, lay, boom, boom, lay. boom. Okay, so Vachel's deal was, um, you know how high school teachers love poetry? Yeah, they love poets too. Yeah. So he okay. married one Spokane high school teacher, mm-hmm. and he had an affair with another one. He boom, boom, laid them both. He boom, lay, boom, laid like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of went off the rails. Um, okay. And I don't mean to mock mental illness, but I would find it perturbing if I were having my grand, my crab Louis salad at the Davenport yeah. restaurant. And Vachel was there with his two large dolls that he used to dress and bring to the table to sit with him. Ew. What? He said they had to be served alongside with him. Ew. Yeah. Vachel, yeah. come on now. Vachel. Get it together. Yeah. Louis was not into this, and he said, you got to get out of here. Um, and here comes yeah. the self-harm thing, because oh, Vachel yeah. takes a train back to Springfield and drinks a bunch of Lysol. Yeah. Vachel. That's that not a good way to you. go. That's not a good way to go. Mm-mm. Yeah. So there are apparently still ghostly vibes there. I don't have any concrete sightings, but okay. I gotta say that is a strong personality. It is a to strong imprint itself. Yeah, is it uh, centered around that room? That's what they say. Although there are still fans of his poetry who come together to read his poems at the hotel, so that's probably also a good way to summon him or get some large dolls. Really? Well, why not both? Mm-hmm. Oh, Teddy Rex spin a big old doll and have the doll be reciting his poetry. Yeah. Don't you just wow. want like a, an American girl doll walking around going, boom lay, boom, boom lay. lay. 
because that's what I want. Uh, we are not English majors. We're not. No. No, we are not. <sighs> I'm sure I would understand it if I were of that era and had heard it in context. But, I like that he thinks it should have a meter and a. I mean, it's like spoken mm-hmm. word poetry or beat poetry. There should be a force behind it. Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. that. Dude, I, get I write that haikus. Part. They are not. They don't translate to being spoken. I've been asked to read my poetry. It does not sound good. It sounds like half a thought. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I never thought about that. But yeah. yeah. Probably his stuff sounds great when it's actually read by somebody who knows where the boom lays go. <laughs> Don't shortchange yourself, my friend. <laughs> I know you how to know how to boom lay. All right. If you people are going to the Davenport and reading his poems, you got to invite me next time and I'll come listen to all of it. Do you say yeah. three boom lays in a mirror with the lights off and he appears? <laughs> <laughs> well, only if you're a high school poetry teacher. Well, <sighs> that was ghost number two. Ghost number three is a scary story. Ghost number three scares me because I'm absent-minded and I don't have a good sense of direction. Yes. And this is what I'm afraid of. Okay. So August 17th, 1920, they're doing construction up on the third floor on and around the Tiffany skylight. Yes. Ellen McNamara, somehow, I don't know how, she gets out into the construction area And because it's a glass skylight, they were using a catwalk. (gasps) She stepped onto the glass and plummeted through onto the marble floor. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. She, everybody rushes over. Yeah. She didn't die immediately. They took her back to a room. I don't know why they didn't take her to a hospital. To a hospital. It was completely obvious that nothing was going to work out with that. Yeah. But she just, you know, she crashes through the glass and she lands really hard. And the last thing she says is, where did I turn? Where did I turn? Oh, wow, dude. Yeah. And that's what they say that you will, you'll still see her ghost up on the mezzanine saying, where did I turn? Where did I turn? I got chills. Yeah. That's an upsetting one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That uh, skylight is above... The lobby, is that correct? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. The atrium. Yes. Oh, yeah. dude, that one's freaky. Mm-hmm. Poor lady. Poor lady, yeah. It's the kind of thing where you're like, well, on the one hand, I like to think I wouldn't step out on glass, but on the other hand, there's a lot of situations in life where you just kind of trust that mm-hmm. that escalator is safe, Absolutely. or this railing is holding, or these stairs yeah. are up to code. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Where did I turn? Where, where did, did I, I turn? turn? That's such a haunting last word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel bad for her because it's like she's blaming herself. She's yeah. like, where'd I go wrong? Yeah. And and if her ghost is still there trying to put it together, but Tr- it's like, no, you should never have been able to get out there. No, you shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, do you know how old she was? She was grown up? Uh, she was a grown-up. Let me see if I can find that, because I've got a couple articles here. Okay. Yeah. She was an out-of-towner. Okay. Oh, she was older. She was 68 years old. 
Well, yeah. Okay. I she mean, was it's... a rich widow from New York, and they were going to go to Glacier the next morning. She okay. was touring the West with her sister and two cousins. Oh. So they were they were touring the West, and they stayed at the Davenport. Okay. And she was very fashionably dressed. But yeah, I guess they say she wasn't feeling well, and she was going to take some air on the third floor cement walkway while her companions went to dinner. Wow. And for whatever reason, she went out into the pagoda that covers the glass skylight. Yeah. And instead of going out on the catwalk, she goes on the glass panels just the wrong Um, part man yeah yeah wow Uh, i mean according to this she says where did i go rather than where did i turn okay i mean Um, both of those are quite creepy yeah i'm not okay with either of them no i don't (laughs) i don't want anybody asking me Mm -mm. as a ghost where did they go or where did they yeah I don't want to answer yeah. that question literally or existentially mm-hmm. or metaphorically. They're but I can dead. so relate to that. To yeah. That moment where you're just like, everything is not what you thought was happening yeah. and you've got to try to reorient. And it yeah. sounds like she just never reoriented yeah. in life or in death. Frick. Yeah. Frick. Which is something, because the Davenport actually went up when they constructed it without any major worker injuries or fatalities, which oh, is pretty unusual for the time, because they put it up be. really fast. Yeah. But, yeah, it still has claimed its share, I guess. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Fourth ghost is the ghost bellman. And we actually don't know if this is one ghost or a bunch of ghosts, because what? there's a bunch of stories that are kind of related. And the idea, when well, I got to stop flipping my papers all around, <laughs> um, <laughs> or at least the experience. This reminds me of how you said if you haunted Jason, you'd like help him by finding his keys. And oh, stuff. 100% I would. Yeah. Yeah, the bellman ghost, if, you are, if you're working there and you're carrying heavy stuff, he'll open doors for you. That and open so gates sweet. and stuff and close them after you go through. Or he'll, like, help you pull luggage carts out of the elevators or push the push them down the hall for you. That is so sweet. Isn't that great? Yeah. And you can kind of tell oh. from that why they can't figure out whether this is just one guy or one bellman or a lot of them. Yeah. But this is a pretty consistent experience. Again, this is, this is stuff that, except for, um, I guess, Vachel and Ellen McNamara... Um, those you might experience as a guest, but the bellman and Louie you're going to experience as an employee employee. there, which I think is very interesting. Yes, I like Kind of this upstairs, downstairs thing. Oh, absolutely, isn't it? Um, how cool. Yeah. Do you know, are people seeing someone who looks like a bellman who does stuff, or are they just experiencing a door opening? Yeah, they're just experiencing the physical movement of, you know, the trolley moves by itself or the door opens and then closes for you and stuff like that. They don't see anything. But I think they work backward from that to say, well, who does this job? It's it's the bellhop. It's the bellman. Yeah. I like that one a lot. That's very sweet. sweet. Yeah. I'll be a helpful yeah. ghost when I die. That sounds good. Yeah. I mean, like. I'd be a helpful can... ghost. Yeah. I wouldn't want to keep doing my same job. I Mm-mm. think that would suck. Mm-mm. Not that my job sucks, but you know, that if you died and you still had to keep showing up to work. Exactly. That's, no. Yeah. <laughs> I am retired. I'm going to go work at the zoo now. Or, yeah. you know, whatever I want to do that's fun jobs. Yeah. Do what I want. Yeah. Okay. The last one. 
The final ghost? Is this your the resting place? Ghost. <laughs> yes, it is my resting place for my voice and the brain <laughs> and my bladder. <laughs> <laughs> I got all that too. Yep. The Davenport opened for business September 1st, 1914. Mm-hmm. And... Louis built what he thought was going to be the best nightclub in the West. He booked the acts for like two years in advance. Wow. Um, acts that would play at the Davenport eventually included um, the musician who would become Bing Crosby. At that yes. time, he was a drummer, of oh, all things. Cool. A waste. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was a great drummer. Maybe but he was. You he, never know. He was meant to be a crooner. Anyway, he builds this jazz nightclub. He's got everything booked up. He opens the newspaper 63 days after the Davenport is open for business and finds out that Prohibition has come to the state of Washington five years before it would come to the rest of the country. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Well, he rolls with the punches. He's... He's that kind of guy, and he disassembles the entire thing. It was on the first floor. He disassembles it, and he reassembles it in the basement. Yes. With a dedicated entrance on the Lincoln Street side of the building to what's now called the Early Bird Club. Yes. And for 19 years, there was a tuxedo-clad doorman that would let you into the speakeasy underneath Davenport. Amazing. I had no idea. Isn't that awesome? I had no yeah. idea about this. All right. That is some entrepreneurial spirit that, that he was really like, well, f- okay, fine, fine. Move it one floor down and knock a door into the other entrance and we'll just keep going. Absolutely. With what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. We can so, charge even more now because it's illegal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was for, you know, better part of 20 years they had this going on. But after Prohibition was over... They didn't need it anymore. So they created in the Davenport the Early Bird Ballroom, which has part of the original dance floor and parts of the speakeasy. And you can still hear jazz music, laughter, and the clink of glasses. That's neat. Yeah. And on the other end of the hallway, there's the day spa, and sometimes people coming out of the spa will actually see a tall, thin man in a vintage tuxedo who's going to the door. That's quite interesting. Isn't that cool? Yeah, he's still ready to let people into the speakeasy. Oh, I love that. Good man. He stayed at his post, dude. Yeah. He stayed at his post. I love it. So when we're talking about these five different hauntings, something that I think Mm -hmm. is really cool is that you have evidence of residual hauntings. And mm-hmm. also, Which ones are the residual ones again? Residuals where it's just like a tape playing itself over and over again. So that would be the laughter, uh, the yeah. clinking of the glasses, the stuff like that. But you also have, I would say the bellman is an intelligent haunting because it's interacting with things that are happening in real time. Yeah. How cool. neat. What kind of haunting is Mrs. McNamara? You know, that one I would also say is a residual because she's just Mm -hmm. replaying that same moment of death or or high intensity emotion. But it sounds like they're seeing her on the second floor and not the third. So why would she be on the second floor mezzanine, which is not where she fell from nor where she landed? 
Yeah, I don't know. I might be telling it wrong. No, but I don't and think with you Louis, are. it's unclear as to whether he's just a residual like playing out what he's doing or yeah. whether he's actually looking at the present day workers. Yes. I don't know. Well, we're going to have to interview some workers and see if he's actually talked to them. Yeah, you know, I, oh man, at the Campbell House tour, if, if that tour guide had been a little more down, I would have asked her about ghost stories. Yes, right. Didn't feel up for it. Good for you. (laughs) Read your audience, man. (laughs) Yeah, she just, she was patient, but she. Plus at the Campbell House, didn't you have your child channeling dead crazy people? So you had your own stuff to work with. Yeah, Matt was like, oh, this says Snow White Soap. And she went, shh, never talk about that. <laughs> she also got really freaked out by the ice box. Like, we told her what it was. And she's like, ah, it's so cold. It's so cold. It's so cold. So, oh, well, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is as much time as the Campbell House is ever going to get. I'll probably just leave this in because, God damn it, there's no hauntings. There's, there's as far as I can tell. Well, there's like an urban legend that I think has just been passed on from busload of fourth graders to busload of fourth yeah. graders that it's haunted by the spirits of all the children of the Campbell family who were murdered. That never happened. <gasps> I remember when that happened. That was Did you hear that legend I when you were like a kid? I feel like I've heard that. Yes, ma'am. No, it was just um, Mr. Campbell and his wife came and lived there and had some servants. And they had one daughter and she got married and moved out. And then when they died and she didn't need two houses, she gave it to the Historical Society and they used it for a museum. Well, that's quite pedestrian. I know, right? How- <laughs> Come on now, give us some intrigue. We need some Raleigh up in this action. Yeah, we need some some death and destruction. Yeah. And, or or prohibition flaunting or Anything, something. You know? Yeah. Maybe a sea serpent. Yeah. Cryptid sighting. Jazz it up a little, Campbell Just House. Just a Jeez. little bit. Come on, man. <laughs> it's a cool place. It's no, very, it very cool place. interesting to look at, yeah. but it's not ghostly in my in my expert opinion, it's it, not tremendously ghostly. I love it. You can be an expert <sighs> on this. I'm as much an expert as anybody, I say. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to the Ouija Broads. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. If you do find us in iTunes, it would mean a lot to us if you would rate, review, and subscribe, because that helps other people find us. Please. Yeah. And... Uh, We would like you to live weird, die weird, and stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm sorry I interjected with please. I didn't.